Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. How many of you love Lauren and Drew? Yeah. I love them too. Well, Noosa brings out its finest on a Sunday morning. Come on, just looking out amongst you all. Danielle, love you. Good to see you here. I like that you're not sitting on the back row, you're on the second back row. Next week it'll be the third back row, and then the week after that it'll be on the front. Hey, the front row is anointed, so if you want to come and, and receive further anointing, the spirit of the Lord will be upon thee. No one's taking me up on that offer this morning. You big backseat rebels, come on. We're going to change that this morning. Hey, how many of you know that when you wake up feeling a little bit, you know, just on just on edge, and, and, and you need God just to, to give you a little bit of a, uh, encouragement and, and lift, and how many of you know that when you wake up and you know you can turn to your good, good father, and he's there to give you what you need, and uh, just arriving to church this morning and just having a, a message burning on the inside of me, and it's been bubbling for a while now, and, and, and to be able to stand here and then be with my team and, and hear you know, Justin just begin to start sharing out of his heart and what God was challenging him on in our prayer meeting this morning. It's exactly what I'm going to be speaking on today. And I was like, you are a good, good father. Thank you, Jesus, that you, by your spirit, have already predestined this morning to happen. And he has a word for every single one of us this morning. Uh, I, I've been challenged as I've been in the word of God and writing this message down. So uh, it's for all of us today. I really just pray. And my prayer this morning is before uh, this Sunday service closes that every single one of us would have a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit. For those of us who aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be walking out with tongues of fire on your head, and we are going to see the power of God active and at work in our life because it's available to us. The power of the Holy Spirit is something you and I daily as Christians should be operating in and walking with and using. Amen? John 14, 16 says, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus did not leave us on this earth to battle it out until the day we go to be with him in heaven. He gave us a helper. He gave us a counselor. He gave us somebody to walk this walk, this journey with. My earrings, are they clicking? Oh, I have to lose my bling. No, I'm not going to be hard. I'll be walking like this otherwise. That's all right. Thanks. Sorry, Benny. All right. He's given us a counselor. And I've been really challenged, you know, as a Christian, as I've walked through my life, that oftentimes when storms and challenges and situations arise, that I've not turned to my helper and my counselor. And I've allowed those situations to almost weigh me down at times and overwhelm me. And it's not what the Lord wants us to be overwhelmed with and bogged down by, these storms that life is going to throw at us. Why? Because he gave us a helper. He gave us somebody to journey with us. And I think today I want to refire your relationship with the Holy Spirit, my relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we would leave this place today with a fresh armor of God on, with a fresh understanding that the power of the Holy Spirit is in us, he's for us, he's walking with us, he's counseling us, discipling us, helping us daily with what we have to face out of those doors. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. 
He will teach you all things. How many of you know there's a lot of things to be taught? In fact, we're going to be learning things until the day we get to stand before the Lord. It's a constant journey, friend. We will never reach it as a Christian. We will never know everything as a Christian. We will never understand the Word of God to its fullness until the day we get to be with Jesus in heaven. And I've got a list about this long of some of the questions I'm going to start asking the Lord. But uh, I'm going to have fun on the journey while I get to that place. Amen? I just want to share with you, and for the sake of time, I won't go into each scripture reference. Um, you can grab that off me at the end if, if things sort of, um, you know, grab a hold of your spirit this morning and you want the scripture references. But let me just share with you some of the things the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Spirit guides us into all truth. The Spirit regenerates us. The Spirit reveals Christ to us and in us. The Spirit reveals, uh, sorry, the Spirit leads us. The Spirit sanctifies us. The Spirit empowers us. The Spirit fills us. The Spirit teaches us to pray. The Spirit bears witness in us that we are children of God. The Spirit anoints us for ministry. The Spirit washes and renews us. The Spirit brings unity and oneness to the body of Christ. The Spirit is our guarantee and deposit of the future resurrection. The Spirit seals unto us the day of redemption. I mean, I could go on. When I started doing my research about the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives, through our lives, for our lives, I was overwhelmed. In fact, there was about a list of 50 things with scripture references that I came up with. And for the sake of, I just shared, what, um, almost 20. The Spirit sets us free from the law of sin and death. It's the Spirit that sets us free. The Spirit reveals the deep things of God. We need the Holy Spirit, people. We need the Spirit of God in our lives more so than ever before. It's got to be the active voice in our world because there's too many other voices out there vying for our attention. And those voices are not positive. They're generally very negative all the time, vying for our attention, the way we look, the way we sound, the way we see things, the way we read things. It's all constantly attention that I believe the enemy is, is smart in using to try and deter us from the call of God and the will of God for our life. Spirit of God is what we need. I've got here a blind, a Christian walking the life without the Spirit is like somebody with a blindfold on. You can still live and actively do things, but you haven't got the full picture. A blind person in their own home becomes very familiar with their surrounding, and they are able to function in that surrounding without their sight. Because they are very aware, they know the steps, where the steps are, how many steps to the bathroom, where this room is, where that room is. You ask that blind person to step outside of that home and go to the shops and do their grocery shopping. They need something to help them. They need eyes. They need vision. Church, I'm telling you now, our relationship with Christ is one thing. But if we want to step out and above that and do things for the Lord, we need the Holy Spirit. You want to step out and worship lead. You need the Holy Spirit. It's not in our own strength or in our own talent. It's the Spirit of God through us that enables us to be all that God, I believe, wants us to be. We need the Spirit of God. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power. Turn to your neighbor and say, you shall You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
not might come upon you, has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remote parts of the earth. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. And another word that's derived from dunamis is dynamite. We are not talking about my husband's bicep power, people. We are talking about dynamite power. Dynamite power. Praise God that he left us with not just a little bit of power, but the power that we need, dynamite power, to take on the enemy and his attacks. Dynamite power. We're not just talking about ordinary power here. Now, if I were to ask everybody this morning in this room how they were all feeling, how you were all feeling this morning, feeling, we would get some very different responses. I'm sure from this end of the room to this end of the room, we would get an array of feeling. Happy, sad, sore, in pain, angry, frustrated. We could just go there, but for the sake of time, let's not this morning. What counts is that you're all here. Amen? Amen? The way we feel can dictate a lot of the way we live our life. Perhaps some of you can relate to not feel like going to work tomorrow morning. Waking up and not feeling like getting out of bed because it's nice and warm. Not feeling like going on that run because I'm tired and I'm exhausted. Not feeling like going to the shops to get the groceries. Feeling, though, and hear me this morning, was never meant to govern or run our life. Imagine if it were. Imagine if just for this week, actually, let's just say just for tomorrow, we decided to govern our life based on how we felt. Half of us wouldn't be at work tomorrow. <laughs> the dishes wouldn't be done. The house would be in array. Are you hearing me today? We were never meant to go in our life based on how we feel. Sadly, over the time I've seen many Christians get to a place in their walk where the Spirit of God is not an active voice in their life and it becomes quite a little whisper instead. And that dynamite power becomes a little bit of a spark and, and the voices of society and, and the negativity of the world and challenges and life situations get them to a place where they begin to govern and run their life based on how they feel rather than knowing and doing what is right. And I want us to be a church that in this 21st century, do you know we are alive for the greatest time on earth? We are alive in the greatest time of history where the internet is now worldwide and where the Bibles are going worldwide and where prayer is at its newest and, and utmost amazing powerful level and where the churches are the best and strongest they have ever been. Do you know that we're in this incredible season of life right now? Yeah, there's a far lot of great negativity going on, but the church has never been so strong. They've never been so full. And it's only going to get better as we get closer to end times. And I'm excited about that. And let's be a church that not wakes up governed based on how we feel, but rather going to the Word of God and doing what we know is right. Some mornings I do not feel like getting up and getting my three children ready for their three drop-offs before I go to work. 
But how many of you know if I didn't do that, Leela wouldn't end up at school and then she wouldn't get a lesson for the day and then the weeks and the months would go on and there'd be no education. We can't base our lives based on how we feel. Sometimes when we go to bed in the evenings and we lay our head on the pillow and we begin to pray, we don't really feel like it because we're absolutely exhausted and we, and we dear Jesus and we, then we wake up the next morning and go, oh, I think I started praying last night. I pray about it again. Yeah, come on now, I know you're all laughing because you can all relate to that. All right, amen. And I've been challenged myself getting into bed at night and, and instead of picking up this and just, just finishing the day with even just one scripture to bless me and encourage my spirit before I go to sleep, I grab my phone instead and flick onto Facebook. <gasps> Ooh, there it is. Come on. And I just want to ask the question, are we building our spirit man or are we allowing our flesh to take over? Matthew 4 and verse 1. It just tells the account of Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days. We read the story. And, and he's at a point in his life where he's hungry and he's weak. That's the feeling. Okay, you can read in scripture. And the enemy comes to him and he tempts the feeling. Now hear me, he tempts the feeling. He doesn't attempt the man because he knows who Jesus is but he goes straight for where he thinks Jesus is weak, starving and hungry. And he says, oh, you know, turn those uh, rocks into bread and eat them. And Jesus, I love the account in the story because three times, three times Satan uh, uh, goes for his weakness, the feeling where he's feeling low and hungry and starving. Three times he attacks it and three times Jesus comes back with the word of God and fights against him. How do we get to that place? Jesus had the relationship with the Father that was so strong. And he knew that the only way he could fight the enemy was with the word. This will get stolen off you at any opportunity because the enemy knows the power in the word of God. He knows how powerful it is. He knows because he was fought off with it. This is powerful, friend. You see, becoming Christ-like is a progressive experience. It's not a one-off moment. It's not a one-off moment on the altar call where we receive Christ into our life or when we're out there and, and we just get a moment of prayer and, and, and we all get, oh, yes, I've, I've made it as a Christian. It's progressive. It's a journey. It's a walk and it's a daily walk. It's similar to getting fit. You don't just go to the gym one Monday morning and, and walk out and all of a sudden you, you're fit. How many of you know you'd be more glad this is? <laughs> it's a progressive experience. And majority of the time, that very first, I've got to get up and I'm going to start, January's a winner for the gyms because everybody goes on this whole New Year's resolution, I'm going to get fit. And by December, no one's in the gym anymore. It's like they're all, you know, down at Hastings Street eating latte, uh, drinking lattes and eating eggs. It's a progressive experience. It's, it, it takes discipline. It takes a daily walk. I'm so encouraged because at, um, on a Monday morning, I've started running a boot camp in Pomona with a group of women, and it's growing every week. But this one particular mum has been coming along. She's a mum of four. And um, she just really felt to challenge herself to get fit. And the, and the biggest encouragement was she wasn't able to run around with her children the way that she wanted to. Her cardio was just kaput. And so she's like heard that it was happening and you know she's committed for five weeks now to coming 
And our last training session on Monday, she came up to me afterwards. She says, I cannot believe the difference I feel in only five weeks. She said, I can run around with my three-year-old son greater than what I've ever done before. It's a progress because I didn't feel like coming today, but I'm so glad that I did. And I really want that to be our heart's cry when it comes to God, the things of God, building our relationship with God, the church, that maybe perhaps we just don't feel like it sometimes, but I'm so glad that we did. I'm so glad that we came to church. I am so glad that my mother raised me in the church. She broke off a generational thing that now for me, it just comes as second nature. We're in church on a Sunday. I praise God for that. Her, her, my, my father, her husband, is not saved. He's not a Christian man. And she rose, rose, raised, raised rose, my brothers, my two brothers and myself in church every Sunday. And I can guarantee you there were some Sundays she did not feel like dragging her three children without her husband to church, but she did. And praise God that she did. Amen? I want to encourage us. Let's get on the page of even though we don't feel like it, we're going to build our spirit, man, and we're going to do what Jesus is asking us to do. The closer we become to Christ, the more alike we become. Sadly, we get hindered sometimes in our journeys. These storms come and they stop us from walking that close relationship. We read the account in Mark 14, verse 32, and I'm going to read it this morning. And then they came to a place that was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, this is Jesus, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled deeply and distressed. That's the feeling. Okay, that's the feeling. Jesus, he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. There's another feeling. Stay here and watch. Verse 35 says, he went a little farther and he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. This is Jesus knowing that the cross is laying out before him and what he's going to have to go through. This is feeling again. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. There's the feeling again. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus had a moment of not feeling like going to the cross. Jesus had a moment of not feeling like carrying the sin and the shame and the guilt that the world, of the world. And yet he turned to the Father in that moment of weakness and humanity, and he says, not my will, but yours Church, I have a heart that every single one of us as Christians would have that heart's cry. Lord, not my will, but your will. Not my will for my family, but your will for my family. Not my will for this work situation, but your will for this work situation. Not my will for that salvation, but your will for that salvation this morning. Jesus had this incredible, powerful moment that had just taken place between him and the Father of flesh fighting spirit. It was crucial for Jesus to continue his mission because you and I would not be standing here today if he didn't. And we read on in verse 37, and then he came and found them sleeping and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? There's a feeling. Poor old Peter's gone to sleep. 
watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And he says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Christ had just experienced the flesh being weak. God reincarnated, understood what our flesh does to us sometimes. But his relationship with the Father was so close. And there are times in his ministry that we read where he had to remove himself from everybody, from every distraction, from everything, and go to be with his Father, to go and pray. We need that. The life is so busy sometimes, and there's so many things vying for our attention that we need to just stop and, and take ourselves away from all of it and have that moment with the Lord. Do you know it can only take five minutes? I've realized that our, our Christ journey and our daily walk is not something that we need to be in prayer and fasting for, for 48 hours every two days. It can be a moment. God, I'm tired but I thank you that those who wait upon you will renew their strength. Give me the strength today. Amen. Spirit will not overcome flesh unless we build that close relationship with the Father. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Do you know we don't need to experience everlasting life when we get to heaven? We are living everlasting life now. Right now, in the flesh. We are born again. Spirit of God resides within us. We've asked Christ into our life. This is everlasting life for us now. Let's not wait to heaven, to get to heaven, to enjoy it. Let's start enjoying it now and operate in the spirit of God. There's so many people out there that would benefit from being in here if they only had someone that would come alongside them and love them and encourage them and say, hey, you need what I've got. I never had it once, now I have got it and I'm so much better off, can I give it to you? Christianity is very basic. It's very simple. And we as Christians turn it into this great doctrine of, of Bible bashing. It's not about that. It's about loving others as Christ first loved us. Yeah, that's it. Coming alongside somebody else and encouraging them on their journey, no matter what their journey looks like. What seeds are you sowing to the flesh or to the spirit? And I was challenged by this. I asked myself that question. Can we check our lives this morning for just a minute? Does our flesh overtake what we know sometimes our spirit should be overtaking or fighting? Is it that we maybe need to set our alarms 10 minutes earlier in the morning to get up and pray for our family, to get up and read the word of God to set our day up? Even though we may not feel like it because we've been up feeding two, three, five. <clears throat> Come on. Come on. Not feeding yourself, by the way. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18. I want to sort of close this morning around these thoughts. It says, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. 
And I want to note for the minute the contrast between wine and spirit. There's a direct parallel drawn between drunk with wine and being filled with the spirit. Drunk with wine, being filled with the spirit. And I read through this scripture and I was like, Lord, what precisely is the point of the comparison between wine and the Holy Spirit? What actually is it that you're saying here? And I really believe that the issue is influence or control. A person under the influence of wine experiences altered behavior. Just go down to um, Hastings on a Friday night. See quite a few people with altered behavior. They may say or do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. Emotions may be heightened for a brief period, causing the person to experience anger, followed quickly by elation, followed quickly by depression. If the person drinks enough wine, their mental processes will be affected and their decision-making ability will be radically altered, almost always with a negative result. But in comparison, the filling of the Holy Spirit produces a change in behavior. In the book of Acts, we read you know, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that came upon the church. And we read about timid disciples, the, the, these men that were, you know, they weren't the smartest or sharpest tools in the shed. They became flaming evangelists for Christ because of the power of the Holy Ghost that came upon them. And in Ephesians 5, 15 through to 21, I won't read it for the sake of time, but Paul mentions a number of practical things related to the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let's go there. Ephesians 5. Verse 15 to 21. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Hang on, am I there? Yeah. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I love this passage of Scripture. Paul mentions a number of practical things related to the filling of the Spirit. In verse 15 and 16, we see wisdom for living in this evil age. The Spirit will give us wisdom. The Spirit will give us understanding of God's will. In verse 17, the Spirit gives us a joyful heart filled with singing to the Lord. In verse 19, a heart filled with thanksgiving. In verse 20, and an attitude of mutual submission. In verse 21. True submission is so important because it challenges our need to be in control of every situation. When we submit from the heart, we're actually saying, I don't have to have my way all the time. When we come into worship and we stand with our hands raised, we are saying, I don't need to be in control right now of this situation. God, I give my heart to you. When we come forward on an altar... We're saying from our heart, Lord, I I can't do this on my own and I need you to touch me. 
God, I was challenged with this. Touch me. It's only a heart that's been truly touched by the Holy Spirit that can maintain such an attitude in everyday life. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit to touch us fresh daily. We need him to walk beside us. He's our counsellor friend. He's, a, he's the one that will, will, will speak to us and, and encourage us and give us wisdom in a life that is tough. We were on the way down in the car and Leela says to me, oh, are you coming out into kids' church this morning? I said, no, mummy's going to talk to the church this morning. She says, oh, uh, are you going to talk to them about Aussie World? Because yesterday we took them to Aussie World. I said, yeah, yeah, I might do that. And I said, no, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. She says, oh, what's that? I said, oh, the Holy Spirit's like that little voice inside you that, that, that God gives us and it kind of tells us what's right and what's wrong. And I can see the cogs turning over in her little mind. And she says, oh, that happened to me once. My sister smacked me, and I was going to smack her back, but that little voice told me not to, so I didn't. And Luke and I just had a moment of looking at each other. We went, that's it. Now, in a six-year-old mind, that's the Holy Spirit. And it blessed me, because we can complicate the Holy Spirit, but he's at the still small voice within our heart that tells us what is right and what is wrong that what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Come on. In Greek, as in English, commands can be either active or passive. And uh, it seems that, you know, we're, we're good at the active ones. We're much more used to our active commands. Go to the store and pick up the milk, please. That's an active command. If I say, fill that hole with dirt, that's also an active voice. But Ephesians 5.18 is actually passive voice. And I did a bit of research into this. This is the passive voice of the God. He doesn't say fill yourself with the Spirit, but rather be filled with the Spirit. And I was struggling with that for a little while, how to understand that. But it's like saying to someone, be loved. What, how do you exactly be loved? And I believe this is the key to everything. To be filled means that the filling of the Spirit is only a work of God, not man. It can only be a work of God in our life. That filling can only come from God. Let me illustrate for a minute. Suppose I command you to be loved. But if there is not someone to love you, Justin Malaco, it's very hard to be loved. Likewise, if there is not someone who wants to fill you, it's very hard to be filled. He's not saying fill yourself, but rather be filled. It speaks to me of two truths right here and right now about the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is ready and willing to fill us at any moment, at any time. But number two, we need to make ourselves available and open to it. That's simply it. That's why the New Living Translation says, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. I cannot be loved, but I can make myself available to those who want to love me. When the Holy Spirit fills you, he will have the controlling interest in your life. It'll only be for blessing 
and for favor and for prosperity and for comfort in times of grief and for love when you need to be loved and to give you a positive voice when perhaps around you all you hear is negativity. But the Holy Spirit is not forceful and he always works by control, by consent. When we ask Christ into our lives and we open up our heart, we realize that this life is not about us, it's about others and saying, God, can't do it on my own, need you. Likewise, every day, it's making that decision to say, Lord, can't do today on my own. By your Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would help me with today. Giving consent to allowing the Holy Spirit to have control of our life. And through Acts 2, we read the incredible account of the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit fell. It's the same power, friend, that's available to us today. And as I read through that Acts 2, I realized that more than ever, God's heart is beating for the church to be filled. God's heart is beating, friend, for you this morning and your relationship with him. Do you know if you were the only person that woke up this morning on this earth, the Lord would have still gone through everything he, he, he did just for you. First and foremost, God desires relationship with you. Your personal walk with him is so important and so vital. But that's only the start. And Christian friend, I believe some of us in this place need to stir ourselves up again in the power of the Holy Spirit today because we need to see Noosa and the surrounding area one for Christ. We need to see the hurt be switched around and see God touch a hurting generation of people, of a hurting generation of young people rising up in schools and, and, and going home to families that are in disarray. We need to see the hurting community one for Jesus. God's heartbeat is for this area. God, the scriptures say that he loved the world so much that he gave his only gut son, that whoever, that none would perish. That's his heart, that none would perish, but they would all come into eternal life with him. God doesn't want to see anyone perish. That's not his heart for us. And the coming of the Holy Spirit came and then power was added. And do you know the church grew by like 3,000 plus in a moment? Dynamite power, friend. Dynamite power. What we have access to right here, right now, right here this morning. And I want to I just make opportunity this morning. We're going to open this altar and we're going to believe for the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what that is. By faith, you ask and receive Christ into your life. By faith, you do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. But you need to make yourself available. And for some of you this morning, I want to pray afresh, the Holy Ghost anointing on your life, that you would leave these these doors today and that you will begin to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit afresh. You'll begin to pray again in the Holy Spirit afresh. You'll begin to read the Word of God with the Spirit leading you and guiding you. You'll begin to pray with the Spirit bubbling on the inside of you. You'll begin to just believe for your family with that Spirit bubbling on the inside of you. You would go up to work that Monday morning with the Spirit of God inside of you, knowing that you're there for a reason, a plan, and a purpose. God hasn't abandoned His church. It's the same power back then as it is available today. If he sent his spirit before, he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again.
Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, Lord. And I thank you, God, that your word is living. It's alive today. And Father, I pray that it would fall on good soil on every heart this morning. Thank you, Jesus, right now, Lord, that hearts have been challenged. And Lord, I just pray this morning, right now, by your spirit, God, move. God, move right now. God, move right now, just while every eye is closed. I want you I want you just to have a moment right now. Just you and the Father. Nobody else. Nobody looking around. Thank you, Lord. And like I said, I want to create an opportunity just to be able to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Melissa and Pastor Justin to come as well. And we're going to pray and we are going to believe that the Holy Spirit will touch you afresh. Because I don't know about you, but He's here right now, touching me, changing me, transforming me. And I just really pray this morning that this word would challenge you, God, to be a better Christian, to be a better mother, to be a better mother, father, be a better daughter, brother, person. Perhaps you've walked into this place this morning and you don't even know who Jesus is. You've been maybe raised in church, but you've never said, Lord, come into my life. You've never actually opened up your heart and made it available for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come in and reside there and make his home there. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity, whether for the very first time or whether you've made that decision long ago, but you know that God is not in that place, not in that number one place in your life. Right now, while every eye is closed, if you say, yep, that's me, I want to ask Christ into my life for the first time or yep, awesome, or recommitting. Great. Anybody else this morning? This is a moment where the Lord wants to touch you afresh and challenge you and transform your life. Friend, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.